get ready to ride Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky We'll break it down after the game with the guys Hometown heroes with their own sports bar The best coverage in Denver Don't go too far Just turn on DNVR We are DNVR You want the good news, the great news, or the awesome news to start this Thursday pod, Todd Davis? Uh, let's go... Let's build up. We'll start with the good news okay, first. Okay, I like that. The good news. It's not good that the Broncos are 0-2, but the good news is Sean Payton's been in this situation before. In fact, Todd, Sean Payton's been in this situation not once, not twice, not three times, not four times. He's been in this situation five times as a head coach, as good as Sean Payton is. He started off 0-2 five times in his 15-year career leading the Saints, and it's not all bad. He's made the playoffs once out of those. So he's been in this situation and has overcome it. The most recent time he was in this situation, actually, in 2017, he was 0-2, then went on to finish the season 11-5, and and then won a playoff game. So uh, that's pretty damn good. That was the most recent time he was in this situation. That's definitely good news. I mean, you know, one out of five, that gives us a 20% chance to make the playoffs. And I know... The odds in the NFL overall are less than that. Yep, so yep, I will yep. take the 20% Sean Payton effect uh, to make the playoffs. Every other time, he's gone 7-9. and nine. So he's consistent. So <laughs> that would be a higher floor than last year, at least. Yeah, that's a better year than <laughs> last year. Yeah. So not ideal, but you're right. I mean, 20%. I believe teams that start um, 0-2 have like a 14% chance historically of making the playoffs. So better news. Yep. The, the, the Broncos can be better than that because Sean Payton's been better than that. You want the great news next? Let's do it. The great news is Russell Wilson is 2-0 and at making the playoffs when he started 0-2. Wow. He started 0-2 twice in his career, made the playoffs both years, 10-6 and each year. Okay. I don't know when uh, the most recent years were, but I hope he still has that magic in him somewhere to find it, pull it out, and then find a way to make the playoffs after us starting 0-2. And that's maybe been one of the biggest disappointments since Russell Wilson's been here. You know how many games Russell Wilson has won with the Broncos? Uh, it's very low. Yes. It's very five. Four. Four. four oh, my god! Four games. And that was, like, the number one thing that they were getting with Russell Wilson. It was yep. a Hall of Fame quarterback. But it's not like when the Broncos traded for him, you pointed to uh, – uh, his stats exclusively, mm-hmm. his individual stats, and said, like, ah, look, they're getting the next Peyton Manning. No, you point to his winning. He's yeah, Only Peyton Manning had more wins than Russell Wilson in his first 10 years of his career, including playoffs. Peyton had one more win than Russell Wilson in his first 10 years. Wow. Russell's the ultimate winner. So when he came here, it's like, okay, whether it's through the air, whether it's running, He'll whether it's 14 to 13, whether it's 35 to 34, the Broncos are going to find a way to win exactly. And it just hasn't been the case, but he still is the ultimate winner. He is. He. We just have to find it here in Denver. And I don't know if it's the altitude. I don't know if it's the bigger contract. Um, but, it, you know, once a winner, always a winner. So I feel like he'll find a way to win. It's been tough, man. Four games, man. two years and four games. Golly, that's tough. <laughs> I know. It's super tough. And maybe if it's the altitude, then this week's good. Because Seattle, that's sea level, right? Uh-huh, for sure. Miami. Sea level, right? Yeah. That's where the Broncos are heading tomorrow night. We found out. And and actually, let me hit you with the awesome news before I move on. 
It's Yahir's birthday. Happy birthday, Yahir. Hope you have a great day. And I'm sorry that you have to spend it with, with us today. Uh, Todd's not the problem. I'll yeah, I know, I know. I almost <laughs> said with me today, but I just wanted to include Todd. No, I love Zach. I love Zach a lot. He's a, he's a great, great person when he's not on set. Oh, thank you, thank you. So uh, te tequila tonight, what are you doing? Uh, no, I actually drank yesterday at the Rapids game with the oh, people. Okay. So I'm, I'm trying to take it chill today. I'm not trying to go too crazy. The week Friday is when I might actually Friday down a couple of bottles. Mm, right. A couple of bottles. I hope hope you're talking beer. No tequila uh, bottles. Wow, like that's impressive. You're getting after it, and that actually is a perfect segue. Was it yesterday <laughs> that you and I talked, or that we talked about um, maybe being in Miami for as few of hours as possible is the best thing for the Broncos? Yep, we definitely did. An hour after we talked about that, Sean Payton said, "Uh-uh, not doing that." We're going down to Miami tomorrow. We're going to have mm. Friday night in Miami and Saturday night in Miami. And Todd, it was just like, oh, man, I, I don't know what I think about that. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, I think it's just too much free time. There's a lot to get into in Miami. Um, there's a lot of fun to be had in Miami. <laughs> um, this, is, this is a team who needs to focus, not on the fun, but focus on the football <laughs> yeah. field. Um, so... We'll see. I don't feel like it's the best recipe uh, to win, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. And this is actually something that I think Sean changed his tune on since when he was hired. Because when he was hired, he told us, um, I'm pretty sure that every trip was going to be a one-night trip, except, and this is something I haven't heard of, and I'm curious if you ever did this when you were with the team, except that the Broncos, when they played a night game, an away night game, they were going to stay in that city the night of the game. Mm -hmm. So typically, I've only heard it where teams always come back right after the game. Whether yep. it's an 11 a.m. game, whether it's a 6 p.m. game, you fly back and then if it's a 6 p.m. game, sometimes you're getting in at 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. But oh well, you're getting back. They're not paying for another hotel night. But when the Broncos travel to Buffalo, Sean Payton said that the Broncos are going to go Sunday, stay Sunday night, the night before the game, which is which is what every team does. Yeah. But then they're also going to stay Monday night after the game. And the reason for that, that Sean told us, was because then players will get a lot better sleep, uh -huh. sleeping, going to bed at, what, 11 p.m. midnight after a game, and then waking up at 8, then flying, instead of getting home at, like, 4 and trying to get a couple of hours of sleep. Did you ever do that in the NFL? No, we didn't stay after the games, but I do think there was a few times that we went on like a Friday for a Sunday game. So yeah. we went on Saturday. Yeah. So we had the extra day um, before the game, but never say it after the game. And I don't know because after the game, I don't think guys get much sleep. You're so hyped up. Yeah. Your adrenaline's mm -hmm. up. Like yeah. even when we took the plane ride home and I would be getting home at 4 a.m., I still would be up all yeah. the plane ride, eating snacks and, and talking <laughs> and having a good time. So I don't think guys are really sleeping much after the game. It's too much adrenaline, man. Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. So by the time the flight leaves the next day, if Sean's going to do this for Buffalo and Kansas City, guys maybe still have not slept. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially if it's a win. Yeah, if it's a win, they're, they're partying on the plane. Well, yeah, partying on the plane. Uh, and if they're staying in Buffalo, you said yesterday Buffalo might be the, the most lame city to be yeah. in. So maybe not much partying going on there. But that's something that just it raised my eyebrows a little bit because – you know what it's like to be an NFL player. You uh -huh. know what it's like to be an NFL player to go down to Miami. So that's something where I hope you hear's the only one putting a couple of bottles back tonight. Or, you know, Todd and I, we, we can go a little crazy tomorrow night. Yeah, but, we can but definitely. Hopefully the Broncos don't. That was just the first thing that raised my eyebrow. The thing that really concerned me yesterday, Todd, really concerned me. 
You know who didn't practice yesterday? Justin Simmons. Yep. And outside of Pat Sertan, especially for this game, yep. the most important player on defense for this team by far. And you can make a case like he's the third, second most important player on this team for this game outside of Russell Wilson and outside of maybe Pat Sertan. But just because of this Miami passing game, this is really concerning. Yeah, I said he had a hip injury. Um, and as a safety, your hips are very important. You got to be able to flip your hips, get across the field um, and cover footballs thrown, you know, from one hash to the other hash and all the way to the sideline. So, like you said, he's probably one of the most important pieces uh, to this team's success in any game, but especially in this yeah. Miami game because how they like to attack uh, teams vertically. Um, and I know we have some young, talented safeties, but as you saw last week, when the young guys come in, even if it's two-on-one, it's just a very – different presence that they provide as opposed to a Justin Simmons. Um, he's able to cover the field and make some some really big plays, game-changing plays, interceptions. Yep. Um, so if we're missing him on Sunday, I fear it will be a long day. Man, and as good as Pat Sertan is, right now I think Justin Simmons is the best player on this team at getting interceptions. Uh -huh. And Tua, he's the favorite for the MVP right now. And he's had an interception in each of his games. He's yep. had an interception week one, interception week two. You can still, you can pick him off. Yeah. And Justin, I think the Broncos are going to have to get at least one interception or one turnover, most likely in the form of an interception in order to win this game. Yep. And so not only is he going to be key in defending the deep ball and not letting get things get behind this defense, yep. he's going to be key in getting that interception that the Broncos need. Uh, and thank goodness Kareem Jackson was not suspended yes. this week. Because oh could you God. imagine? No Kareem. No Justin, no Caden. Hopefully you have Kareem and Justin. That would make me feel a lot better because if you don't have Justin, you are you have DTY mm -hmm. and uh, um, Kareem Jackson. DTY got hurt last game. Now, he did practice yesterday, which is good news, um, but he's a guy where maybe he's not going to be 100% in this game. Is he more prone to an injury if that's the case? And then what the Broncos did last week was they moved their slot corner to saying Bassey back to safety he can do that but it's not a situation when he'd be in any game especially this one with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle yeah you definitely want uh, your best players and your pro bowl players to play in this game um, and then we talk about Justin Simmons and his impact on the passing game and we forget to mention that he led the team in tackles last game he had 10 tackles wow. and so you talk about how the running game was not where we needed to be he was making touchdown saving tackles time and time again so now I'm afraid in the running game, too, if he's not there, um, you know, everybody has to come play. Everybody has to play better. But he's important in every aspect of this defensive game plan. So his presence is definitely needed on that football field. Man, it's it's definitely needed. And something that the Broncos are going to have to have. We've touched on this throughout the week, but we have to talk about it today. Todd, is the offense, uh, the offensive difference in the first half compared yeah. to the second half. And really the place to look just with any offense for the most part is just the quarterback stats. Yeah. This isn't all on Russ by any means, but Russ's stats really highlight just exactly where the Broncos offense is in the first half compared to the second half. In the first half of games, Russell Wilson has a league best 149 passer rating. Mm. That's like five points away from a perfect passer rating. Phenomenal, yeah. He's been almost perfect in the first half. Four touchdowns, Zero interceptions, almost 300 passing yards. So he's done that two halves. Yeah. So that's a full game. So that is 85% completion throughout a game. Yeah. Four touchdowns, no picks, almost 300 passing yards, almost a perfect pass rating. 
and a 97 QBR, which is also the best in the NFL. The best you can be is 100. Yes. 97's incredible. So he's been balling the MVP of the entire NFL for the first half of games so far. That drops off a cliff in the second half, just like the rest of the Broncos' offense, the rushing yeah. attack, obviously, the receivers, and the points that are scored, 97 QBR in the first half. Mm. Average is 50. In the second half, 17. Wow. That's the 29th worst wow. in the NFL in the second half. His pass rating drops to a 69, which in this case is not nice at all. One touchdown, which is the Hail Mary at the end of the game. One interception. Uh, and I think a 55% completion percentage. How is this happening? How is how is not just a quarterback, but how is any unit or any player so dominant for two halves, which happened to be the first half of games, and then just so non-existent for two other halves? I think it has to do with like the mental and the physical aspect. That first half, you're you're fresh. You're feeling good. Like we said, you have the first 15. Everybody's really feeling like we can win this game, we can be dominant, and everybody's fresh. I think once you start getting tired, the first thing to go is your mind. That's when you lose focus. That's when you're able not able to execute um, the, whether the blocking scheme or the passing, passing scheme that you need to. That's when you really start uh, going away from what makes you good and dominant. And look, I don't know what needs to happen in the second half, but maybe they should have him leave the stadium at halftime, <laughs> come back in like it's the beginning of the game, play some hype music and get them hyped <laughs> up again because – this second half stuff, it can't continue. And the teams that win Super Bowls are usually better in the second half of games. Yeah. You know, the first half, having good states, stats is all phenomenal, but that's not where you win the game. Mm -hmm. You want to have those kind of stats to end the game, to close out game, to be able to put your team in the best position um, to win. And that's what Russ was for the first 10 years of his career. He was Mr. Comeback. Yep. He was Mr. Fourth Quarter. Uh, again, when you looked at Russell Wilson's Hall of Fame candidacy when the Broncos traded for him, it wasn't necessarily the stats. The stats were really good. But you looked and you said, like, this guy's like 20 and four against guys like Tom Brady, mm -hmm. Peyton Manning, Ben Rutt. Like, you looked at all the elite quarterbacks, and Russ just dominated these guys. And it happened in the fourth quarter. It was mm -hmm. a fourth quarter comeback. So that's just what, I mean, so many things haven't added up with Russ and the Broncos since he's got here. But this is one where it's not all bad at all this year. There's uh -huh. so much positive, but this one's just. Just mind-baffling. How can it be so bad? And that's probably the key to this game. Yep. Is, is Russ more like the first-half self or second-half self? And if he continues this where he's like this in the first half and falls off in the second half, what we've seen from this Dolphins team so far is that they are a complete team and yep. they play a complete game. And so, again, it's not just on Russ. That's just kind of crazy numbers to look at to show the offensive production. Um, and you take away that Hail Mary, which... Henry says you shouldn't take away. I say, you know, it's that's you're not going to hit that very often. No, that that pass actually was the uh, by next gen stats had the few, had the smallest percentage of completion in the entire NFL this past week, sixteen wow. percent. So you take that away. Russ has like just over a hundred yards combined in both yeah. second halves. No touchdowns, one interception. So the Broncos are going to need first half Russ to show up. And I think they're also going to need to rely on Marvin Mims yeah. even more than what we've talked about because, Todd, you found something crazy last night. And let's get into that after I tell you about our friends over at Red Hawk Roofing. They are new to this show, but they are not new 
to the DNVR community. Red Hawk Roofing is part of this DNVR family, and you guys know how important it is to support local. You're supporting us. We're local. Support Red Hawk Roofing. If you need any roofing needs, they have quality materials, decades of experience, 24-7 availability. They've got a quick response team, and they have Colorado's best ed estimators and contractors, which is huge when you are looking for a job. So if you're looking for a new roof over your home or business, be sure to check out Red Hawk Roofing at redhawkroofing.com and tell them that DNVR sent you. And shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver. Um, you can turn your goals into greatness over at MSU Denver. Courses are available online and in person or both. I think it's always important to get your education. You know, I'm going back and making sure I'm finishing up my college degree. Let's so if you want to make sure that your excellence continues, do it at MSU Denver. 90 plus majors or create your own, find your future, achieve your goals with an affordable education, degrees from business to hospitality, aviation to the arts, education to healthcare. Start start or restart your college education at MSU Denver. Spring 2024 applications are now open. Go to MSU Denver, get your life by right, achieve your excellence. I love it. So, wait, Todd, did you come out early? No, but I had to switch my major. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think guys, when they're recruiting you, they'll say anything. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I was course. a civil engineer major oh my, goodness. Uh, my first two years. And, you know, of course, they were telling me, yeah, you can do that and play football. It's no problem. <laughs> well, you know, the end of my second year, when I'm going to get classes, they're all surveying classes. And all the surveying is done in the afternoon. Oh, wow. And so I go tell my coaches, like, hey, you know, most of these <laughs> classes are doing practice. They're like, you got to make a decision, son. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I maybe would not have came here if I couldn't pick yeah. the major I wanted. So I switched to finance, but unfortunately, I didn't have enough time. Had a few more credits to finish up. So now I'm finishing up. Damn, that is, that's that's too cool. But like you said, recruiting, they'll do that to you, won't they? Absolutely. Man, absolutely. civil engineer, that is impressive. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted, but <laughs> I'm out I think it. you made the right decision, though, to drop that. You could always pick that up later. You couldn't have done civil engineering and then picked up the NFL mm -hmm. 10 years later. No, I think I made the no. right decision. <laughs> yeah. It all worked out. Super Bowl 50 later. It's, it's yeah, a that's true. That's true. <laughs> yep. um, okay, let's jump into Marvin Mims. What'd you find out yesterday, Todd? Um, that he is one of the fastest men in football, apparently. Yeah. Um, he, we talked about getting him shots and making sure he has the ball in his hands. Um, and if you get the stats, I know you have them about his speed. Um, that is a fast man. I think he was not only the fifth fastest player in the NFL on Sunday, but then he also was the second fastest player in the NFL <laughs> on Sunday. So he was moving one on the kick return. Um, I think he got up to 20 miles an hour. Yep. And then on a long um, touchdown, it was like 22 miles an hour yep. almost. And uh, if you've ever read it on, ran on a treadmill or try to reach 22 miles an hour, that is moving. Uh, that boy has some wheels. Do treadmills even go twenty-two miles an hour? No, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe ones at so. the Broncos, like special ones, but not ones at just the normal gym. No, they have like those woodways where you have to like self-propel it, yeah, and you yeah, kind of yeah. can gauge your uh, own speed. Um, I was, I got some good speed, but I don't think I ever hit, hit twenty-two. <laughs> no, that is, that <laughs> is wild. And I think this brings up such a good point. I'm so happy that you found this because. We talk about Marvin Mims being a deep threat. He's obviously fast, um, but I don't think we've ever talked about Marvin Mims being one of the fastest players mm -hmm. in the NFL. Um, like fastest guy on the team, sure, but we I don't think anyone in Denver's really talked about him being the Tyree Kill, the Jalen Waddle type of speed that we're going to see. And last week he proved that he is that. 
consistently too. Uh-huh. He was the second fastest player in the NFL, and then I think the fifth fastest too. And three of his four touches went over twenty. He went over twenty miles an hour, yeah, which is wild. In fact, um, he's only the third player to do so in one half since twenty eighteen. Wow, that he get he hit twenty miles an hour three different times in one half. So not only is he fast, but he can sustain it yeah. throughout a game, and he can do it a mile high, which is just so impressive. Uh, yeah, and like you said, he topped out at almost 22 miles an hour. It just when I see this, I just have to see more Marvin Mims this week, especially when you're going up against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, oh, he uh, real quick. Uh, Tyreek Hill's top speed is 23.22. Mm. That's the highest he's ever been, has ever been clocked. Jalen uh, Waddle has been clocked at 21.44. 21.44, and that's on a football field? That's on a football field. 21.44. What, what Marvin Mims did, just his second week in the NFL, 21.38. Mm. So, I mean, he is right there on yeah. Jalen Waddle. He's moving. And the thing about it is, there's so many different types of runners. I think Tyree Hill... His legs are so short and quick that it looks like he's moving. Marvin Mims is just fast, but he doesn't look blazing fast. Yeah. And you don't understand unless you're on the field yeah. or you see the stats and you're like, oh, that's why nobody can stick with him. Like he's yeah. literally out there moving. Um, and he just has a deceptive way of running to where you see it as 22 miles an hour, but he's definitely out there moving. I think over time, um, he'll probably get faster as he plays in the NFL. Man. Um, I definitely could see him, you know, pushing that Tyreek Hill number because coming out and sus- like you said, sustaining it. I think hitting over 20 miles an hour just one time, like that's a feat in itself. Being able to do it over and over again, that shows that you are legitimately fast all the time. And so let's just let's continue to strike deep with him. And then that's also going to open up some underneath stuff for Cortland Sutton for Jerry Judy and just help the passing game a lot, especially if you can send him on five go routes exactly. every single half. Now yeah. that might be a little too much, but if you can send him on five go routes, you don't have to throw it to him every single exactly. time, but it keeps that defense at least a little bit honest, especially if they want to take the approach of dinking and dunking their way down the field, just have a threat of some deep thing there because in week one, they didn't even, I know, I know I've mentioned it a lot of times, but they only threw one deep ball in mm-hmm. week one. But it's not like they had guys going deep left and right. They just, they just didn't. So keep that defense honest there. Um, and is there something to some guys play faster with pads on mm-hmm. and some guys play slower when they put the pads on? Yes, game speed. I think that's a real thing. I think some guys are slower or faster, stronger or weaker. Like, it's definitely mm-hmm. a different thing, um, you know, when you step on that football field. I mean, we've all seen guys that – can bitch 500 pounds in the gym and then go out on the field and they're just getting tossed around. Yeah, like yeah. it's just a different game and a different atmosphere once you step on that football field. Um, so he definitely has game speed. I'm not sure what he ran in his 40 coming out of college, but that right there is what you call game speed. Yeah, yeah, here. Would you look at his 40? Because again, like I knew it was fast, but I don't think it was in the four twos uh-huh. where the Jalen Waddles, Tyree kills. Like when you think of the fastest players in the NFL, that's why I think this is just something that is so important that's being overlooked right now. Uh, his forty was a uh, four point thirty eight. Yeah, I mean that's that's that, again, average. That's, no, that's, that's uh, fast. I don't know if that's average. Yeah, that, <laughs> I mean that, for that's, wide receivers, that's kind of what I feel like. Not the top speed though. Like there's guys that like just blow it out the. There's like, guys that are yeah. faster than that, but the, I feel like the four three. Anything in the four threes is fast. Okay, I'm comparing them to professional athletes. I'm running a six two, a ten, a ten, ten. I'm not even running close to a four. 
Yeah, here, we want to see you run a, a 40 on your birthday today. For sure. Oh, dude, I'm going to look like I'm 40 running drink that a, 40. I'm not doing that. Drink a 40 and run a 40. <laughs> I'll drink yes. the 40, for sure. Uh, have you ever heard of a, a beer mile, Todd? Yeah, where you have to, like, every lap you have to drink a beer, right? Yep, you have yeah. to chug a beer. I somehow stumbled on, on YouTube a couple of nights ago, um, the World Championship in Beer Miles. Yeah. These guys are doing it in, like, four minutes and 30 seconds. It's crazy. It's insane. You drink four beers... And then you have that in your system as you're going, and you run a full mile. Insane. So you drink four beers to start, and then you run the whole mile? You, no, you start with a beer, uh -huh. then you run a lap, and, and then, then you, drink, you do that yeah. four times, I think. Yeah. I would be sick. <laughs> I know. Oh, I they're know. disgusting. At the end, everybody's throwing up. Everybody's yeah. sweaty. Everybody has beer sweats. They're the worst thing ever. Oh, I yeah. want to do one so bad. That's a different <laughs> type. <laughs> That's a different. Yeah, here, nothing's holding you back. The, we the have, we have, part you need, really you need, you need four beers to do it. We've got five beers on set yep. right here. The thing is the mile is the thing that's holding you back. Not the beer, the mile is mm, the issue. It's, five. it's the mile. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one more thing. So that's a positive. Mm -hmm. The other side of this, Todd, is today I saw that Damari Mathis and through two weeks, is the lowest rated corner on PFF. Mm -hmm. Now, I know PFF isn't everything, but a lot of people have noticed that Damari's been picked on. Is that something where you stick with him? Or Riley Moss was inactive last week, but he's healthy. Does he not only come in, but start? What What do you do with Damari Mathis right now? Um, you know, like I talked about before on the show, I just don't know if Riley Moss, a young guy, is necessarily ready to take on... Uh, the big role that Damari has. Um, I think they really have the best player uh, in that position right now. It's a hard task. I think DB is maybe the hardest, one of the hardest positions to play on the football field. And like we said, he's playing um, opposite Pat Sertan. So when, we're, when they're breaking down film, like 80% of their routes, they're looking like wherever Damari's lined up, like that's where we want to throw the ball. So. Even though he's the lowest rated on PFF, I'm sure guys have been open plenty of times on other DBs, but they're not just looking to target those specific DBs and the ball may go other places. But for this specific team, if DeMar's guy is even a half step, has a half step on him or is just open a little bit, they're throwing the ball that way. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's trying, he's trying, he's working hard, and he's it's not like he's getting burned for a hundred yard balls and he's 20 yards away. Like right. He's one step away from every play, like one hand placement away from breaking up the pass. Like he's so close to getting it done. I don't feel like, you know, just throwing a young guy in there would be the best solution for this problem right now. Especially this week. Like, hey, Riley Moss, welcome to your first NFL game. Yeah, go guard. Uh, that's how you feel for this play. <laughs> yeah. And the NFL front runner for MVP right yeah. now. And Tua, uh, I think you're right, unfortunately. And you, you are right. He's he's not getting torched every single play. Mm -hmm. um, but Jalen Waddle is in the concussion protocol right now. I really hope he's okay. But maybe he just needs one more week <laughs> to get healthy. Because if he doesn't play, Tua's still going to be good. You obviously still have Tyreek Hill. But then Pat Sertan can follow Tyreek mm -hmm. Hill around the field the entire game. And then if Justin plays, he can also follow Tyreek Hill and kind of shade and help Pat yep. just because speed is so difficult to cover. And that would just make it so much easier. Then their number two receiver is River Craycraft. Yep. And I feel comfortable 
with Damari Mathis on River Craycraft. He might still have a good game, but he's not going to be torching him for 150 yards and yeah. two deep shots. So, Jalen, I hope you're okay. I know Pat Sertan told us that his number one matchup this year that he was most excited for was to go against his former roommate, Jalen Waddle. But, man, that would be such an advantage for the Broncos, such a help if he misses this week. Yeah, he better not play. I think <laughs> of any team in regards to concussions, Miami should be the most cautious and understand yeah, what it means to put a player back on the field before he's ready. Um, so if he's in, in per, per, uh, concussion protocol at all, um, I think, you know, Miami should just wave the white flag on that one and not let him play because they do not want another situation like last year where they rushed Tua back and it just went downhill from there. How and much do you think Tua's actually talking to Jalen like, dude, don't come back yet. Like, just chill. We're okay. Yeah, he's probably definitely had those conversations with him. I think as a player, once you've gone through something and you see another guy going through it, we all reach out and, you know, give our expertise or our true sense on how they could best navigate that situation. And I definitely feel like he's telling him, like, man, wait until you're ready, like, and absolutely ready. Don't yeah. come back anytime before, whether we need you or not. We'll find a way to win these games while you're out. And then when we come back, we need you healthy. And I feel like most NFL organizations take – the opposite approach and like the organizations themselves are telling the guy like hey if you're ready get on the field yep. but i feel like if there's going to be an exception it would be this miami organization not just because of what they've gone through with tua but it's week three why would you rush a dynamic player back when they rushed Tua back last year yeah and then they had to play who was the quarterback they started in buffalo in, in their playoff game it was like their third string guy because yep. teddy also got hurt yeah like no be smart about this, Miami. And obviously, Jalen's health is the number one thing. Um, but it's also week three. Yeah. Don't rush, don't rush a guy back. Um, okay, let's get into our top five players in this game. But we gotta tell you about Bet365, our friends over at Bet365 right now, because Bet365, they are all about the unordinary. And speaking of that, they have so many unique bets over at Bet365, whether it's betting on someone to have a 99-yard touchdown pass or score in a game this weekend. Basketball, whether it's a three-pointer goes in at the end of a game for a buzzer beater, or you can even catch DNVR exclusive bets over there. I believe we've got a special one. Tua receiving yards with Pat Sertan on him. You can bet over that on Bet365. So download the app. Use the code DNVR365 to get $300 in, $365 in bonus bets when you place a $1 bet. That cannot be beat. So place that tonight, and then you can have these bonus bets going in for this weekend. That's code DNVR365 over at Bet365. You must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. Breckenridge, Breckenridge Bourbon, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos contest, where they're having the Battle of the Broncos blends. They have the Ed McAfee brand, which is our favorite, I believe, and versus yeah. the Alfred Williams blend. Uh, vote on your favorite and win Breckenridge Distillery and Broncos swag. You enter the win at BreckenridgeDistillery.com forward slash Bourbon of Denver Broncos forward slash not another four slash, just <laughs> dot com. So tough. Uh, win two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey Suite for the Broncos versus Chargers game on December 31st, 2023. Post your favorite Broncos photo to IG and Facebook using Broncos Bourbon. 
Again, enter to win at BreckenridgeDistillery.com forward slash bourbon of the Denver Broncos. All right, let's hit our bet. Three, six, five, top five most important players for the Broncos to get a win. Tosh, we just focus on Broncos or do we want to do every player in this game? Um, I think there's enough key matchups that we need to see on the Broncos side that we can focus on Broncos. I think so, too. Because it's quarterback, do you just start with Russell Wilson? Or is he not the most important player in this He's game? He's a very important person in this game. I think nobody touches the ball more than the quarterback. Um, and he needs to have a great game. He needs to have a first and a second half that looks dynamic because you know that Miami offense is coming out, guns blazing, taking shots, trying to create big plays. So it's a very important game for Russell Wilson. And for him to get his confidence back, um, the team to start a winning streak, um, you can only go 1-0 and every week. So... That's on his yeah. plate to try and do. Yeah, exactly. And Russell Wilson has never started his career 0-3. Mm. Never. Sean Payton has. I think he's actually started 0-4 twice, but then he flipped it to 7-9 and seasons. So actually kind of a successful end for him. But Russell Wilson has never started 0-3. So he's going to have to get a win to avoid that here. So we're going Russ number one. Yep. Do we go to the defensive side of the ball and look at either Justin or Pat for number two, or yeah. do we stick on offense? You know, for to as importance, if we're going in level of importance, I think Pat Sertan has definitely got to be number two. Yep. Um, and he's number two, so we, we'll just, <laughs> I like that. We'll just stick him there. Should um, we put Russ number three because he's number three? No, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's too important, man. I think, like we said, the the Broncos go as Russell Wilson goes. And they were playing well in the first half. Um, you know, he fumbled the ball, and that's what really changed things. He threw an interception. That's what really changed things. Although he was having a great first half and put up some great numbers, you know, the Broncos go as he goes. And yeah. Pastor Tan, this is a big week for him. I think he's the best corner in the NFL, and he's going against arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, speed kills. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. But I think he's going to come out on top, but he definitely has to have a great game this game. And regardless if Jalen Waddle plays or not, I still think we have to stick on the defensive side of the ball and go Justin Simmons here just because of the speed. Yes. I mean, it, it kills. Even if Pat Sertan is incredible, you still have to have that guy over the top. So going Justin here, now do we flip to the offense? Yeah, I think you got to go back to the offense. And in particular, I think the offensive line. Mm. Um, I'm going to say Garrett Bowles. Um, mm. You know, the the... the crummy thing about having like ex head coaches um scheming up against you they know all your strengths they know <laughs> yeah. all your weaknesses they see you in practice they see what what picks and what moves work well against you so they're able to scheme things up you know to really hurt you as a player so this is important week for Garrett Bowles he's going against Vic Fangio his former head coach he's going against uh Chubb his former teammate who's going to get some a lot in practice so I think this is an important week for him because he's going to be tested a lot. Man, I think that's such such a good point. So you think that the former coach has the advantage on the players that know the coach? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I think, I think so too because I don't really know what advantage the offense can have knowing. I mean, I guess there's a little advantage, but I feel like that coach can take advantage of it more going against the guys that he knows. Yeah, and for our offense, you know, it's a lot of – even coaches, they're all new. They may have played against Vic Fangio and like on former teams, right. but Vic Fangio specifically coached Garrett Bowles just two years ago yeah. or three years ago, so he knows him as a player um, and he knows a lot of these guys as players very well. And then fifth, I think you okay going Jerry Judy here? Yeah, we can rock with Jerry Judy on this one. Uh, Marvin, I mean, he's he's right there. We've talked about him so much, but I just think if you're 
relying this much on Marvin Mims, I just think that means there's too much of a drop off. Yeah. I think I think I actually know what we're getting with Marvin Mims, and I I need Jerry. Not again. This isn't all on Jerry. Sean needs to get him the ball more. He needs to call up more plays for him. He only had three or four targets in this past game. Mm -hmm. Russ needs to look his way, and then Jerry needs to be a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hand. Obviously, he didn't play in week one. Week two, three catches for 25 yards, I think, and he had one catch the very first play of the game. So mm -hmm. we need to just see more from Jerry, from everyone, and then Marvin Mims as well. Uh, Garrett Bowles' name is spelled with one R, by the way, you hear. Um, Oh, not anymore. <laughs> You're renaming him. Okay, so that's our bet three, six, five. Five most important players in this game. And before we get to our picks for this game, Todd, let's jump into the rest of the AFC West games. And you hear, do you have our standings for the AFC West standings? I don't standings? Even want to see this. What, no, no. I don't want to see it. I feel like these <laughs> Broncos have been doing me dirty. The Chargers are not charging. <laughs> Um, well, they are charging, yeah, and I keep picking are. them, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I know I'm doing bad on this right now. When you hear picks that up, Todd, I don't think it's as bad as you think. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's as bad as you think <laughs> it is. No, 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 no. It's, it's not too bad for you. But let's let's jump into this game, and let's jump into that game that you mentioned. The Chargers, speaking of two teams, maybe the two most disappointing teams yep. in the NFL. Maybe the Bengals are actually the most disappointing team, but with Joe Burrow's injury, maybe you give them a little bit of a pass. The 0-2 Chargers are playing the 0-2 Vikings. Yep. Two teams that a lot of people pick to make the playoffs this year, potentially even win their division, uh, both 0-2. Minnesota's a one-point favorite in Minnesota. The Chargers going to charge this and go 0-3? I am taking the Chargers to lose this game. I think that <laughs> the Vikings are going to find a way to win. The Chargers are going to charge. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a great game and a great week for the AFC West and the Broncos fans. So, Let's start it off with a Chargers loss. Man, and this, Brandon Staley is already the favorite to be the first head coach fired this mm. year because of the 0-2 start. Um, they can't afford it. Um, uh, it's not as important for the Vikings in terms of Kevin O'Connell's job. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did a great job last year. They don't want to start 0-3, but I just think that the Chargers have to, have to, have to have this game. So I'm actually going to pick the Chargers here, but... Todd, everyone else is rolling with you on this. Alexis is picking the Vikings. Ryan's picking the Vikings. Henry is picking the Vikings. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Vikings win this. Could you imagine the Chargers starting off 0-3 with everyone? I mean, we've had so many national people come on our show this offseason, and a lot of them have said, ah, man, I think Justin Herbert's going to be the MVP. The, yeah. the Chargers are the truth now. If they start off 0-3, oh, my goodness. I told you about them to start the year, <laughs> didn't I tell you? I told yep, you. Yep, I yep. didn't even take my own advice. I started picking them to win games. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to fall for that anymore. No, though. not anymore. I'm done with that. <laughs> um, okay, the next game of the weekend, we've got hmm, the Chiefs playing the Bears. Yeah. Chiefs almost a two-touchdown favorite. Not only that. The Bears are going through so much turmoil right now. Justin Fields has a press conference yesterday morning where he uh, is allegedly calling out the coaching staff yep. for him not playing well. Then in the afternoon, he has another press conference saying, you guys took my words out of context. Uh -huh. I didn't say that. At least I didn't mean that. And then later that, that, that afternoon, the defensive coordinator resigns 
with reports coming out that his house was raided by the FBI. Wow. And uh, it seems like a very, very, very bad situation going on there. He's now out of the building, but that has to rattle an entire building. Yeah, it definitely does. What was he doing, selling some illegal substances out of his <laughs> yeah, trunk? Yeah, something bad. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, um, Justin Fields, I think, you know, he said what he said. I think he meant what he said, and then I think he just accidentally <laughs> said it in front of uh, the media because uh, they asked him about overthinking, right? And he's like, yeah, I think it could be coaching. Yep. Um, that's how he feels, and I think sometimes – could be rightfully so. I think coaches play a very important role in, in team success. So um, I think the Chiefs will win this game. There's yeah. a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for I sure. I would be shocked if the Chiefs don't cover the spread. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think this game might even be in Chicago. Um, but this is easy. Everyone's picking the Chiefs yeah, here. So you can just do a clean sweep for the Chiefs in this game. And the final AFC, what, you want to pick the Bears, do you hear? You'll take the Bears. Okay, it's All good right. that uh, you don't have a standings for yourself. Game. A new new defensive coach new, game. New defensive <laughs> coach game. That's what it is. But the defensive coordinator doesn't even call the plays. The head coach calls the defensive plays. Exactly. So it's like you're getting two new coaches <laughs> in one. I think it's the opposite. Um, so we had a one-point game, one-point spread with the Vikings and uh, uh, Chargers. Yeah. We got another one-point spread, one- to two-point spread. With the Steelers going into Las Vegas to play the Raiders, both teams one and one here. Todd, who are you taking? Oh, dang, it's been a tough, uh, tough road for me and the Raiders, and I definitely hate them. But um, you're wearing all black again. I know, I know. And I'm gonna have to do something even worse and pick them to oh, win this no. game. Um, I just don't know if the Steelers and their quarterback are there yet. And I feel like Jimmy G is not playing as bad as I thought he would. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Raiders. Yeah, and uh, your case for the Raiders makes a lot of sense when you look at how bad the Steelers' offense is. Mm -hmm. I saw a chart this morning. The Steelers have by far the worst passing offense in the NFL and by far the worst rushing offense in the NFL. Yeah. They scored 14 points on defense to beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. 14 points on defense. They had a pick six yep. and a fumble six. That is insane. And they were barely able to beat a Browns team that was doing nothing on offense. I just think the Steelers' defense is that good. They mm -hmm. might score 14 against the Raiders, too. So I'm going to go Steelers here. But, All right. uh, Todd, I mean... You go on the Raiders, it, it makes sense from just how bad that offense is. Um, so I'm going Raid or I'm going Steelers. Todd's going Raiders. You hear Alexis is going Raiders, and uh, Henry is also going Raiders. So more Raiders picks in this one. And then Ryan is going with the Steelers as well. Uh, and Todd, let's get in to our Denver Broncos picks. Do they get their first win of the season? Got to tell you about our friends over at Bax and Shanker first, where if you need to sue because of any sort of accident that's happened to you, make sure to smash the two. That's 222 2222, where Bax and Shanker wins for you. And the great thing about Bax and Shanker, you don't pay them for a consultation, it's free. You don't pay them as they work on the case for you, you only pay them when they win for you. And they have done so much winning, over a billion dollars in winnings for their clients. They have offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood. Fort Collins, they have over, over, 100, or over 30 lawyers on staff to help you. So if you need 
any help after an accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian, truck accident where you weren't at fault and there was an injury cause, call 222-222 or visit them at coloradolaw.net. And if you're not a billionaire like Backus and Shanker and you need a good deal on some sunglasses, check out our friends over at Shady Rays where you can use code DMVR for 50% off two or more polarized sunglasses you can take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead and the cold weather, but it's still sunny in Colorado, so they work all year round. If you lose or break your pair, even on the same day you buy them, you can bring them back, get a new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase them. Again, use code DMVR for 50% off two or more polarized sunglasses over at our friend's Shady Rays. Todd, I never thought I'd say this, but you and I are matching. We're in the same pants, man. That Actually, is, the exact same color. That's it. That is incredible. I love it. I love that I'm matching with Todd. It means I'm doing something right. I just same need, size, same it, color. Yeah, exactly. Same size, same color. I just need those shoes. Those shoes are sweet. I can't get you a pair. Yeah, we got those. What are they? Uh, they're black the, Nikes, but then the Nike logo is like shiny. Yeah, it's that's like nice. the Vapor Maxes with some yeah, shine to that's it. That's dope. That is dope. <laughs> um, so I, I'm taking a win here today. And you're here. Speaking of taking wins, how many likes do you want for your birthday? You're cool with 60. That's wow. not the answer I was looking for. Let's. There we go. 150 likes for you here. Hit us with a thumbs up if you enjoy our show. We really appreciate everyone tuning in with us. And we really appreciate and we really hope that these likes can turn into wins for mm -hmm. the Broncos starting this week. And let's jump in to our final segment of the week. And you know what this means. This means parting shots presented by Breckenridge Distillery, where we're going to give you our final thoughts for the game and our final picks. And parting shots, we're going to give you our game predictions. That's brought to you by Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey. Visit them at BreckenridgeDistillery.com to find all of your favorite blends. And Todd, to get us going on this final segment, let's fire us up, baby. Fires up? Yeah, Is that the go. question you want? No, no, no. I think you were going to ask <laughs> oh, if there's anything. Is there any chance that maybe the Bronx have been too fired up these first two games where they come out of the gate too hot? Russ is too good in the first half because they were just fired up before the game and then they lose at a halftime. Yeah, maybe they just have a lot of energy. I mean, we saw it happen to CU. They came out, they didn't play well because they were so hyped. There was so much aggression, so much back and forth, um, so much disrespect from the CSU coach that they were so fired <laughs> yeah. up and pumped up to go. Um, yeah, maybe they need to have... No, I, don't, I won't say they need to calm down. Maybe they just have to find another way to get more energy after halftime. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, guys, maybe take a five-hour energy in the game or Red Bull or, you know, something. Uh, you guys got to get pumped up for that second half. What They need the Todd Davis uh, speech at halftime yeah. is what they need. What happens at halftime? Because it's literally like eight minutes once you guys get in the locker room. Yeah, so we get in. Everybody probably grabs something to drink, something to eat. And then we have like a quick, uh, you know, head coach speaking about how, you know, we need to bring this up. We need to 
turn it around or play better in the second half and then we kind of break away offense versus defense and they kind of break down you know two or three plays that have hurt us and these are going to be our corrections to those plays or we might call more cover three this half because of what they like to do in the second half so a little bit of breakdown of what has happened before and like a preview to what they're going to call um the second half of the game is any time has it ever been where the head coach's little speech is more of a, a fire up speech or is it more so just x's and o's no it's it's usually fired up especially um in the game where you're behind or it's close mm-hmm. um you know they'll definitely say some encouraging words like you know this is our half like we need to come out we need to play well we need to dominate them this half we can't give them any chance to come back we need to put points on the board um and it starts first with the offense he may call out a couple of players like Russ, this needs to be your half. You need to go out there and play and execute. Um, and that's kind of how he gets guys fired up and ready to go. Do players ever give any sort of speech then? Yeah. So mm. usually the coaches will say something. And then, like, you know, every time we leave the uh, locker room, we break it down. And usually in that breakdown, somebody will step up and say something about coming out fired up the second half, coming out, um, don't look at the scoreboard, 0-0, zero, zero, you know, all that kind of stuff um, to get guys hyped. I think this is a Justin Simmons week. If he plays... I think this is a Justin Simmons week to say something at halftime because he is a guy, week one, he was not happy in post-game locker room after the loss, of course. But week two, man, you could just tell that this is wearing on him yeah. so much. And I think winning to him, probably winning this game probably means more to him than maybe anyone else. And I mean, being from that area as well, uh, there's going to be so many Broncos fans at this game, just from players' families alone. Yeah. And then also Miami, I don't think has the, necessarily the best crowd ever. Yeah, I think he is the leader uh, for the team, not just the defense, but for the team. I know Russ, um, longtime veteran quarterback, um, but I think when you're a leader and you're not executing the way you want to, I think it's harder to get guys going and moving um, in the direction you're trying to lead them. But I think Justin Simmons has executed for many years and played well as a Bronco for many years and continues to play well. I think he needs to be the guy that everyone looks to as a leader on the entire team. Most of the time it's the quarterback. But in my eyes, I think Justin Simmons needs to be the number one leader on that team and the guy that everyone follows. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's give our final picks for this game. Ryan's taken the Dolphins to win 34 to 27. Broncos Mm. don't even cover the spread. In Ryan's case, I guess at least it's entertaining. Henry also sees an entertaining game. He also sees the Dolphins winning 30 to 27. Alexis sees the Broncos winning this game 27 to 23. Todd? Do the Broncos get their first win of the season? This is going to be a good game all the way around. You know, you got to give the positive before yeah, you just I was gonna hit say him with a the hammer. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the Broncos are going to come and play much better than people expect. Um, I just think there's such a winning culture in Miami right now, and that's something that the Broncos still have to learn to do. Um, before that, I know that they're missing Jalen Waddle probably for this week, so I'm going to say that the Dolphins still get the win. I'll say 28 to 24. Um, the Broncos play much better than they have and try to play a more complete game. I think they, I think they'll play well in the second half finally for this game, but sadly I don't think it'll be enough to get the win. And I mean, that can't really argue with, with you on that. There's one thing that we haven't talked about that is talked about a decent amount in the media, but I want the player's perspective on it, Todd. Desperation. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can't manufacture. Mm-hmm. A coach can't tell a 7-0 and team to be desperate and really feel it. 
Right now, the Dolphins 2-0. They have the division win already. They have two road wins. They're feeling great. The Broncos, they know they're desperate. Uh -huh. At 0-2, at there's still hope. And I asked you earlier this week, do you think in the locker room they, they're truly out? And you said no, not, not at 0-2. They're not out. They still believe. But they have to get this win pretty much, being yeah. at 0-2. Russell Wilson's turned it around from 0-2 in his career. So is Sean Payton. Neither of them have done it from 0-3. And the, the, the facts, the stats will be awful if they're 0-3. So I just think that desperation is something that can't be manufactured. And the Broncos really have that going on their side this week. Yeah, they definitely do. And, you know, we've got to be honest. Any given Sunday, any team can be anybody um, in the NFL. And this could be technically what they call a trap game for the Miami Dolphins. They're 2-0, have a dominant offense. Past game has been phenomenal. Going against the 0-2 Broncos that have struggled in every game that we've played. And they could kind of overlook them to see what's next. And this could be a game that the Broncos really take advantage of the, you know, the Miami team kind of overlooking them because this feels like a no-brain win for them. Um, so this definitely could be a time for the Broncos to do something special. Um, and if they do, I'll be happy. I'll be mad that I didn't pick them in the week, but I definitely will be happy if they're able to put together, you know, a big win. And I think this comes down to if Justin Simmons plays or not. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say he is going to play right now. I think the Broncos are going to win 31 to 30 because of that desperation. The Broncos just have to have this game. Yep. They have to. Miami doesn't. Although what kind of hurts this argument, this is Miami's first home game. So they're going to be just a little more pumped up for it. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that they could overlook this. We've all got the over in this game. So it should be a fun game. Give me Broncos 31 to 30. If Justin Simmons doesn't play, give me the Dolphins 37. No, you can't 31. do two picks. No, no, no. no. I'm, saying, I'm saying Justin Simmons is going to okay, play. Okay, so okay. so my, my final pick, I'm just saying if he doesn't play, I think he's the difference in winning or losing. But I am going to say my final pick. Broncos win okay. 31 to 30, and they walk out of Miami one and two, looking at potentially going two and two the following week against yep. the winless Bears, and then three and two the following week against the Aaron Rodgerless Jets. This game has so much riding on it. If they lose, we're going to be talking about, oh my gosh, are they going to start 0 and 4 yeah. uh, and lose to the Bears, who everything's falling apart around? If they win, we're going to be talking about. In just a, a heartbeat, they're going to be a 3-2 and two team. So this is a massive, massive game. Uh, and before we get out of here, let's hit some comments. Do we have any Super Chats you hear? We got two, a three coming in from, one coming in from Gregory. Really appreciate the Super. Oh, my gosh, a oh, massive wow. Super Chat coming in from Gregory. If you have anything to say, drop a comment, Gregory. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. That's a big-time chat. That support is awesome. Austin coming in right now, and he says, Win or lose, it's Broncos country always. Let's stay positive and look forward to a good game. Much love. Go Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a fun game. Fun yeah. game. We've all, we all see a fun game coming this way. But why says, need to see the debut of Club Dub this week in the city of clubs. Yeah, that would be a, <laughs> a fun one. As long as guys don't hit the clubs Friday night, <laughs> I think they can afford to have a club dub on Sunday afternoon. Oh, man, that would be just a great place to have it. Justin hits us with the super chat. Thank you, Justin. We really appreciate that. If you've got a comment, also drop it in so we can read it. Uh, and uh, I think that does it for the super chats. Let's hit two quick comments on the website. First one coming in from C. Fillmore 72 says, Hello, friends. Love the 
the pod yesterday. Good discussion and another top guest too. DNVR and All City have certainly raised their game this season. Let's hope the Broncos can do likewise against the Dolphins. I'm watching the game with my brother Greg, who's a Dolphins fan. I need the family NFL bragging rights. What sibling sporting rivalries do you have? Oh, dang. Uh, I just have a sister, so I think she supported everything that uh, I supported, you yeah. know, and uh, she was my cheerleader through all of my, like, peewee football days, so I don't really have a rivalry with her. I may have a rivalry with some of my uh, other family members <laughs> who like the Cowboys or yeah. the 49ers. <laughs> um, we don't get along if, you know, they play the Broncos, yeah. but... No, other than that, no too many. Yeah, I know your awesome mom is certainly not wearing like a Raiders shirt Heck underneath no. her Todd Davis jersey. Not at no, all. No, no chance of that. Um, all of my family grew up in Denver, so everyone's aligned with me on the sports view. So no rivalries there. Uh, and he says, glad my, my, my man Dalton Reisner is back in the NFL. Surprised he went unsigned so long. All the best from the UK, Christopher. Yeah, what a weird situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of last year, media members in Denver... I was having conversations with them. They thought Dalton was going to get four-year, $40 million contract. Mm -hmm. Then he went unsigned until week three of the NFL season. That's wild. It is wild. And I think um, that's a tough place to be for anybody who is um, unsigned and a former starter and feel like you played well enough to have a spot on a team. Like That's a tough mental space to be in, yeah. I know, as a player. And as somebody who, you know, have been through a similar situation. So... I know he continued to work hard, which is always hard, hard to do because you see guys going to OTAs. Then you see guys going to training camp. Then you guys see guys starting the season. And you're like, what the heck is going on, man? But I always thought Dalton was talented. Um, I remember when he first came in. I actually met him at this crazy rodeo, like right after he got signed. Um, I did like a, an event in his hometown. Wiggins? Um, in Wiggins. Oh, my gosh. Yes, at this like rodeo. It was like maybe the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life. We played rodeo football. <laughs> Don't what even does ask. That mean? Don't even ask. Um, but that, that actually, that was the first time I met him, and he hadn't met anybody on the team yet. So, a uh, really good guy, and I always felt like he was a good player. So, glad that he's found another home. Yeah, really good guy. And it's so unfortunate because he is such a good guy. Uh -huh. And from what I know, such a good teammate, but it was all clouded. And mm. nationally, he's not viewed as that because he was caught on the sidelines last year pushing Brett Rippon. And that was more of a heat of the moment thing. Dalton mm -hmm. really is a good guy. But even Broncos fans turned on him and think like, oh, that's the type of guy he is. No wonder he's unsigned. It's like, no, that is not who he is. Yep. But that moment, man, did that hurt his public perception nationally. Yeah, and it's crazy because um, there's a lot worse things that actually go on oh, in practice or in the locker room when guys are heated. Um, so just a little shove in the heat of battle. And if you've ever been in a situation where – uh, you feel like you're fighting for everything on the line. Like, you know, sometimes tempers flare. He's not a bad guy. He did have a moment of, like, rage, which I think we all have had in life. So just imagine for him, especially, like, he needs the team to play well because he's on his last year of his deal. Right. If we play well, then I'm, you know, projected to maybe get more money or get signed at another location. If we don't, then, like, now you guys are affecting how I feed my family. Like, yeah. it's, a it's a different situation. But trust me, there's a lot worse things that happen in the NFL <laughs> locker room. Like, he's really a good guy. Yes, he is. Uh, and just a reminder, if you want your comment read on the website, leave it on the most recent pod. If we don't get to it that day, drop it on the next day's pod so we can get to it. And the final question coming in from Bronco Oiler says, I think Pete Carroll deserves a boatload of credit for his handling of Russell Wilson. He needs a lot of support in operating the huddle and the offense. And we're seeing this for 
for the second straight year. I'm sure for this year, Peyton will find a way to get it cleaned up. So I don't anticipate an in-season quarterback change. Beyond that, I don't think he's going to be satisfied with a 12-year vet that needs training wheels and a relatively uh, restrictive offensive scheme in order to mask his deficiencies. I fully expect the Broncos to be looking at alternatives in the offseason, be it the draft, trade, or free agency. You can look at the first half Mm -hmm. of games and say... No, he's he's figured out Russ, and Russ is going to be the quarterback of the future. You can look at the second half of games and say, if that's the Russell Wilson that kind of comes out the rest of the season, then of course the Broncos are going to be looking for a quarterback trade. Yeah. And you can look at the communication issues and also point to that and say, yeah, Sean's going to gonna want someone that he can see eye-to-eye with 100% of the time. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. The first two weeks, we've seen the great, we've seen the ugly. Where's it going to be? At, at some point... It's going to shift to one or the other. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll show its head at some point in the next couple of games, whether it's going to be ugly all year or great all year. We definitely want it to be great, but we'll definitely know soon. And uh, talking about Pete Carroll, if it was this bad in Seattle, I don't like nobody had any clue. Nobody, he never made himself like pumped himself up. You know, a lot of coaches will say like, you know, we're bringing this guy along. We're helping him out. We're going to shorten the playoffs. Like, they put all that stuff yeah, out there, yeah, letting yeah. people know, like, hey, it's me running the show because yeah. this guy can't do it. He stood in the background, let Russell Wilson take all the shine. If it was this bad in Seattle, hats off to him because that's hard to do. Yeah, it is It is hard to do. And it's going to be hard for the Broncos to get the win, but there is optimism. There is hope for it to happen. We are going to be rocking and rolling with you on the countdown show 45 minutes before game time tune in to dnvr youtube we're going to be going live by 10 20 on the dnvr broncos youtube on sunday morning so tune in with us where we are going to be breaking down the game right before the game let you know if justice simmons is playing and how things are going to shake out thank you all so much for rolling with us this week we will see you on the countdown 10 20 sunday morning
keep it.